Welcome to The Fringe, a podcast about groups that don't fit into the mainstream. I'm John Dubois. And I'm Sean Crawford. As a photography duo, our work focuses on fringe groups and subcultures. In 2015, we stumbled upon a story so intriguing that it would go on to be our most successful and talked about project. It was Thanksgiving and I happened to be watching TV when I caught a short news segment about a group of women in Central California who dressed as nuns and grew medicinal marijuana. I immediately knew it was a story for us. After some diligent internet research and a few phone calls, we were on our way to meet the Sisters of the Valley. The photos we took that day went on to be published all over the world by outlets including Vice, CNN, Wired Magazine, and countless others. Even celebrities such as Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, and Cheech and Chong were reposting the story. For the past few years, we've stayed in touch with the nuns, from time to time visiting them and documenting their growth as an organization. We knew that the story of the sisters was too dense to cover with photos alone, and that a podcast would be the best way to capture who these women are and why they do what they do. In this episode, we sit down with Sister Kate, the founder of Sisters of the Valley, to get answers to some of the questions that we get most often when people ask us about the weed nuns. Sister Kate is a kind, yet blunt woman in her late 50s. Her head is always covered with a traditional nun's habit, typically paired with a long jean skirt. She speaks her mind and is incredibly clear about her goals and the goals of her organization. When it comes to understanding the Sisters of the Valley, it all starts with Sister Kate. Testing, testing. Okay. All right, Sean, are you ready for this? Yeah. Sister Kate, how's it going? Good, how are you, Chad? Good, well. This is a new process for us, so we're going to try a couple things, but why don't you start by just introducing yourself. I'm Sister Kate, the founder of Sisters of the Valley. We're the weed nuns. Sisters of the Valley is a group of independent women unaffiliated with any traditional religion, and we live together, work together, pray together, and take vows for life. Um, We make medicines to support ourselves. That's it. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your backstory. Catholic girl, Catholic school, big Catholic family, four brothers and a sister, and uh, two Catholic weddings, (laughs) two marriages. Uh, And the second one, though, lasted 17 years, and I had three children. Uh, But he, uh, I had a very successful, kind of successful little consulting company. He stole all the money out of it and left me penniless with three kids. So cannabis became the project that allowed me to stay home and with my children. So for three, four years, we ran Care Growers. Uh, That was our nonprofit, and we delivered cannabis to the sick and dying. And I would say those are the years that I got in touch with my inner nun. And in the meantime, I was realizing while I was doing that with my brother that the nonprofit was the wrong way to go, that I would never build anything to pass down to our children if I stuck with the nonprofit model, and that I had to have private, that I had to put my energy into something that I could own and control for good and not have it threatened to be taken away from me. So I knew these two guys that were planning a big grow um, out in an abandoned almond orchard. And um, I wanted one quarter of that grow to be CBD non-psychoactive and they laughed at me. So I pretended that I knew how to run, operate a gun and I, and I pretended that I had done security before and I promised to be security for the crop in order to get them to let me plant a quarter of it for me that won't get too high. And uh, so I bought an RV and I bought a gun. And when the crop was about six weeks from being ready, 
One of the guys that I had hired to share the night duty security with me tells me that somebody's looking at her crop. Somebody's peeking over in a stocking cap and in his pajama bottoms. Uh, somebody's peeking at her crop. And then at five in the mornings, we didn't sleep. We kind of knew something was going to happen and they were going to come back. So at five in the morning when the dogs are wrestling, I said, it's showtime, Zane. And when I got out of the bed, the bullets went out under my bed and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. It was two shooters and they were riddling the RV with bullets. And I was on the floor and Zane was smart. It was still dark out. He leaned out with the gun and instead of shooting towards the shooters, he shot towards the plants. He figured that the shooters were shooting at us while someone else is stealing the plants. And he was right, because as soon as he started shooting at the people with the plants, um, they hollered to the shooters to get, get back. They were going to get killed. And they all departed. We took out the crop that day, and we got out, and we've never experienced anything since like that. And we don't do guns, and we don't have guns, and we've had no issues at our new farm. But it was the initial crop I needed to start the business. I had to do that to get a CBD crop. A lot of people, like obviously since we photographed you guys the first time, a lot of people have seen those photos and asked us about it. We've done interviews about it. Um, there's certain themes that come back about what people want to know about you after just seeing your image. And one of them is what are your religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs? But maybe you can just give us like a, a dive into what you believe. Yeah, where does religion come into play? So my personal beliefs, and I think a lot of the beliefs of the sisters as well, is that uh, there is a creator God. Um, as far as my practices, I think that praying is a bit like begging. Praying is empower disempowering. Praying is saying, you have all the power, I don't. Please, Mama, can I have $10 to fill the tank so I can go to the movies? Right? It's very, like, I'm a child. So where meditating and manifesting with your own brain is very empowering. We don't believe that abortion is a sin. We, we're women of science. Abortions became a sin to the Catholic Church when cannabis was made, was demonized a hundred years ago. Before that, priests in Europe would tell married women who would come to them and say, I slept with my Jamaican gardener, and when the baby comes out, my husband's going to know it's not his. The priest would say, go get an abortion, go see a woman. So the Catholics just invented that as a sin, as a way to control women. So, you know, no, we don't think that there's a special cemetery in the skies for dead babies. We think that if a woman has an abortion, that baby is going to cycle back around to her. And that's not something I've ever talked about before, so it's probably going to give me a whole bunch of new whisper hate mail. <laughs> that hate mail's gonna come no matter what, I'm yes, sure. Yes, I think so. What, I mean, what's your take on someone who says, oh, are they a cult? I'd say we'd prefer to be a cult than a religion. <laughs> Why is that? Because uh, cult means culture, cult means to worship. Lots of words were changed in meaning by the Catholic Church. For example, the word hag used to mean wise old woman. And the Christ Christian culture turned that into something evil. And it's the same with cults. Cult, the root of the word cult means to worship. We do. We worship Mother Earth and we wish everybody else did. So we don't care. Call us a cult. We'll take cult. Cult is okay with us. Well, I, I loved the nuns. I grew up with them. Great respect for them. Still do. Um, but they're going extinct. They're going extinct. Their way of life is going extinct. So there's no hope for a revival of the Catholic nuns. It is not going to happen. The Catholic Church does not want young girls to know that the average age of a nun is 78. And I'm sorry to take a celibacy vow when you're 78. Eh, kind of happens naturally. It's you know it's it's not you're not really giving anything up. 
So I feel like young people need a, an alternative, and I would like Sisters of the Valley to be an alternative. How did how did the sisterhood meet selling weed, basically? How did that idea come together? Good question. So in 2011, when Michelle Obama tried to talk to Congress about how unhealthy our children's meals are, and Congress filibustered because they would never listen to a woman speak about something, let alone a black woman, and then they meet, met a week later to declare pizza a vegetable to give a big finger to Michelle Obama. That was too much for me. That's when I declared myself a nun. That's when I joined the Occupy movement. Um, I thought I was just doing an act of defiance. I thought I was just doing sort of an activist statement. Um, as I did that, I found people who were genuinely asking me to formalize the order. And I would have to say to them, that's ridiculous. There is no order. Don't you understand? But women and men alike were saying, no, you need to order. You need to organize a new age religion. But they all said yes. And that really opened my eyes and made me realize that everybody's really starving for something to connect to spiritually, but they're rejecting everything that's come before. So it began a very interesting four-year debate about what the sisterhood would look like if we formed one. So we are not trying to be the nuns. We reach back to the year 800 in the castles of Europe and our ancient mothers called the Beguines. And the Beguines were spiritual women who lived together, worked together, prayed together. And they were in the business of rescuing women from poverty and giving them career paths. So we might look like nuns to contemporary people, but what we really look like are the sisters that came before the Catholic nuns. With the Inquisition and the Bible arriving on the same, at the same time on the same scene, what you sort of have is a perfect storm. Anybody who was honoring Mother Earth was wiped out. Any woman who was scholarly and independent was wiped out. They had to say, we won't have sex. We won't mingle with the public. We'll hide over here and we won't bother anyone in order to live. And many, many, many women who refused to take that kind of slavery or that kind of step down in their empowerment died. We are the return of the Beguines. We are the new Beguines. Can you talk about celibacy? It is something that people ask us. They say, hey, do they take a vow of celibacy? We take six vows. We take a vow of service. Our second vow is a vow of obedience, which is we organize our lives by the cycles of the moon and the quarters of the year. Our third vow is living simply. We always say we can't own a yacht, but if you do, we'll come party with you. So, <laughs> that, so, so our third one's living simply. Our fourth one is activism, that some part of every week and month is devoted to activism. Chastity, that's our next one. And our vow of chastity is a vow of privatizing our sexuality. So some of the sisters are celibate, some of the sisters are not celibate. Some of the sisters have one partner, some have two. We don't talk about it. That's not what part of our job. That's not what we do. So to answer that question, you don't get to know. We could tell you who's having sex and who's not, but we'd have to kill you then. <laughs> and the final vow is ecology. A vow of ecology that every year we reduce our footprint. So every year we implement something. Last year was banning plastic bottles on our farm completely. So every year we have to do something that's rather large in regard to reducing our footprint. I'm sure there are people out there who take issue with the fact that you guys are a for-profit entity. Oh yes, and we don't care. Um, we could have been a nonprofit. Nonprofits have been polluted in this country. The NFL's a nonprofit. So now, how does this make sense? The NFL's a nonprofit that is not a club we want to be in. 
So our ultimate goal is to midwife in an era of matriarchy. Our ultimate goal is to turn the patriarchy on its head. Our ultimate goal is to get women in offices. And we know that we are not going to get women in positions of control by, by standing around, holding hands and singing Kumbaya. We are into building business ownership for women and getting women out of poverty and getting them into decision-making positions. So yeah, to give you an idea, last year we did 1.1 million in sales. Um, on that 1.1 million in sales, we paid $140,000 in income taxes. I, I personally earned a salary of about 75,000. We had a profit of 85,000 and we invested about 80,000 into expansion in other places. And so where's the rest of the money? That is it. Oh, well, we run the operation on that. Well, the rest of the money is in uh, $12 to $18 an hour jobs for the women and the people who make the product. In the house. In the house. And the, right, and the expenses of running the business. Gotcha. Will you talk about Sierra and her introduction into the group and what, what that symbolizes, what it means for you? Sierra is a divine social experiment where I wanted to see if the public would be interested in paying to have an ex-Catholic nun come from North Carolina and join the Weed Nuns. And we didn't have housing for her, and we needed to raise about $14,000. And the public paid, what, $7,500 over eight weeks in a GoFundMe. And we were so delighted that we just said, okay, we'll pay the rest. Is it okay if she sits at the mic for yes. a minute? I would love to hear just a, a little bit of her story from her directly. <laughs> Come and get me. Oh, where's the finger hash? So it was in the little plastic bag and it disappeared. Oh, no, the finger hash. Do you know where the little finger hash is? She yeah, there's, the a, there's a blob. Here, the blob is right in the bag. Oh. Yep. I'm Sister Sierra. I am 56 years old. I'm a former Catholic uh, sister. I was Franciscan for 13 years. I came to know the Sisters of the Valley a few years ago. I was a uh, I had left religious life in 1994. I still feel like working and doing something positive. I don't really want to go into a traditional situation of sisters. What in the heck am I supposed to do? So I started looking online and I came to find a YouTube video by Sister Kate. And I was like, bingo, I think I found what I'm looking for. Can you talk a, a little bit about why you left the church? Oh boy. Um, might get some hate mail on this. Um, as you're probably aware, the Catholic Church has gone through a lot of changes. And at the time that I entered religious life in 1981, um, things were relatively okay. And as time went on, there was more and more scandal. And I became very aware that as a person in the in the light in the of the Catholic Church and dressing like a nun, I represent what they're doing. And I couldn't represent that anymore. So. I basically went AOL for my convent. I ran away, got out of there, got out of my vows within a year. But there's so much scandal in the church, I didn't want to be a part of it. I wanted to serve the people, but I didn't want to be part of the scandal, so that's primarily it. Can you give us a short description of what your experience with cannabis was before you joined the sisters? I started uh, smoking pot a little bit on and off. Um, then when I went into the convent at age 19, of course, there was no more of that. I went to a very uh, a very clean living situation, but after I got out of the convent, I needed something because my nerves were so shot. Um, I suffer from PTSD and a few other things, and cannabis has been a godsend to me. So instead of taking pharmaceuticals and things of that nature, I, I take cannabis and it calms me down, helps me to sleep. You know, I think 
the majority of what I'm going through is from the church. Um, had some issues of abuse. I uh, got abused a few times for a time in my life there. And that was another aspect. I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't put up with it. I didn't think that priests could be so cruel. You know, priests have needs too, but they don't need to uh, use the sisters for their needs. And I'll just keep it at that. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. So where we are now is we have 13, what I call the original coven. We have two sister, two first sisters in Canada. They took their vows at exactly the same time, so that's two first sisters in Canada. We have our first sister of New Zealand, first sister of Brazil, first two sisters of Mexico. Our first sister of the UK is our brother. One sister up in Humboldt, another sister down in LA. So we have this core team, six of us on the farm. And actually, but now what's happened is they're starting to grow legs. So Canada actually has a sisterhood of about eight sisters now. As far as where you guys, you guys have come a long way, the business has grown, the, the order has grown. What about five, ten years from now, what do you see for Sisters of the Valley? Well, we have a sort of this 20-year goal that we talk about. Uh, uh, sorry, it's Claire's like, okay, Claire gets mad at me when I call it the 20-year goal. She likes to call it the seven-year goal. But anyway, Claire will say that we're going to be a $50 million a year sales company. That's her goal in the next five to ten years. And my goal is to have weed nuns in every town and province across the planet in the next 20 years. You ready to roll? Yeah. You guys have to roll? Yeah. All right. It was medicine. so nice meeting yeah, you guys. Yeah, it's all here. You want to actually carry so this? About you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice actually meeting you guys. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you guys again soon. Okay, goodbye, yeah. you guys. It's so good seeing oh, you. Give so me a hug. Until next time. It was time. nice seeing you both. Lately, I've been going through shit. The Fringe is produced by Sean Crawford and myself, John Dubois. Our theme music is by Calvin Marcus, and our outro song is Weed Sex TV by Problemas. Now is a great time to subscribe to the podcast, so you'll be notified as future episodes are released. We've only begun to scratch the surface on this story, and we hope you'll join us for the rest of the journey. In the next episode of The Fringe, we join Sister Kate and her posse at the annual Women's March in downtown LA, where the sisters' compassion for mankind is pushed to its limits by an unexpected adversary. You guys hate men. Get out of here. Y'all hate men. You're particularly nice. Oh, thank you. You like me? No. Oh, good. You like me? These are not real knives. I know, but they hate men. No one hates men. These women hate men. No one hates men. Don't do that. You can't take None of us hate men. You can't do that to black people. Get away from her. Put your hands up. Don't touch the black man. They hate black people. They hate black people.